This portion of the show is brought to you by Umarex Air Guns. Check them out at airgunland.com and use the promo code RADIO for 10% off any purchase. Mr. Autoglass at 3017 Towson Avenue can serve all your window replacement needs, including mirrors inside or out. Do you have a problem with your windows rolling up? Let Mr. Autoglass solve your problem. A local business established in 1988, do you want the highest quality customer service? Then ask for help with your insurance claim or on-site service. Let Mr. Autoglass serve you and your Autoglass needs. Call Mr. Autoglass at 782-4441 and tell them Mr. Outdoors sent you. Are critters eating your garden? Do you have rats in your shed? Do you like to hunt small game without scaring other animals away? Or just like to sport shoot with friends? Then Umarex Air Guns are for you. If you haven't shot an air gun in a long time, well, things have changed. And Umarex is leading the way in advanced air gun technology. Just log on to airgunland.com and browse the newest guns and accessories. And if you use the coupon code RADIO, you'll save 10% off any products purchased. That's airgunland.com and use coupon code RADIO. Umarex Air Guns. Burton Pools and Spas is more than just a pool builder or retail store. They're dedicated to helping families and communities come together to enjoy fun and outdoor activities. Burton Pools and Spas takes pride in providing customers with superior service. They have some of the best outdoor grills and patio furniture in the business, and they can turn any outdoor area into a comfortable and elegant living space. In Fort Smith, call 479-648-3483. Or in Springdale, 479-756-5511. And on the web at burtonpools.com. Burton Pools and Spas, the ones for your family fun. Welcome back to the Spirit of the Outdoors, and on the phone with me right now is my buddy from Kentucky, Chris Herndon. Chris, how you doing? Doing great today, Jim. How about yourself? I'll, I'll tell you what, I couldn't ask for it to be any better. That's just all there is to it. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, hey, first off, I want to know, how was your hunting season last year? It was great. Had a good season, uh, pretty much all the way all the way through the whole year, had a great, uh, great turkey season, great deer season, great waterfowl season. Couldn't ask for any better. So great time of field and great time spent with friends and family, and really had a great year. Wow, that sounds like it's going pretty darn good there. Yeah. Well, uh, tell us about your turkey hunt. And I always like to get some interest in those turkey hunts. Well, this year I had the privilege to, to start out going to Texas this year, trying to to do my slam. I went and chased Rio's and had a great hunt down there, was able to harvest some birds, and uh, came back to my home state of Kentucky, and uh, always great to hunt familiar ground. Uh, so got it done here in Kentucky this year as well, and uh, really had a good season, had the opportunity to call some birds in for some, some first-time hunters, really West beyond words to be able to spend time afield and get to help people harvest their birds as well. So, uh, great season. Uh, you can't beat that, I'll tell you what. A lot of people I've talked to lately, and I've never tried it. I guess I need to. I go out early in the morning, usually when it's dark, and try to get set up, get, find me a good tree to lean up against. You know, I, I get ready for it the way I've always done it. But a lot of people lately have been telling me they're hunting turkeys in the afternoon. and uh, mm-hmm. I, I've never done it. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I have, and it seems like, and I don't know how much truth there is to it, but it, it seems like the more pressure turkeys are getting nowadays that they kind of become conditioned to not be as, as vocal in the mornings when they're uh, getting ready to come off the roost. You know, I've observed it, and a lot of people that I know have observed it as well, and uh, I used to never do this, but, you know, within recent years, it's kind of 
you kind of started to deer hunt them. You've, you've used trail cams and most recent information that you've got and kind of have gotten patterned on birds and where they like to roost at, uh, whatnot. And, you know, I've hunted them in the afternoon. I've had some great success in the afternoon. Uh, it just kind of seems like the species evolving a little bit, uh, the more pressure that they've experienced. And, you know, I, I guess that's part of being a good hunter. You know, you evolve with the animals and the habitat and the food sources and, you know, whatever it takes to be successful. So uh, I've definitely kind of changed my game plan a little bit and started to to hunt a lot more in the afternoon and there is something to be said about putting too much pressure on birds uh around here is people go out they hunt birds and they find them at a certain spot and they will wear that they'll wear the grass off that spot they go to it so much and hey those right. turkeys, those turkeys only take so much so they start moving they said i've had enough of this oh absolutely absolutely i tell them there's plenty of trees in that forest they don't have to roost on that one every night <laughs> yeah absolutely I, I try not to let the, pat, the the turkeys pattern me. You know, I like to uh, keep them guessing as well. You know, if you're hunting the, the same spot where you're wearing the roots out of a tree, you know, it's probably time to move on. It seems to me like if, if you're constantly hunting from the same spot, they figure it out and they start avoiding that spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had guys on private land, you know, they've got feeders out and they don't understand it. Said, so, "Well, the birds used to come here, and you know, every time they go out, I mean, they may go out four times a week. There's birds mm-hmm. there, and they shoot them, and said, so all of a sudden they just stopped." I said, "Well, think about what you're doing." Right. You know, they're creatures of habit. Unless you interrupt that habit, they're going to follow their habit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's important to always be evolving. You know, through. The way birds that respond early in the season is not necessarily the way that they're going to respond late in the season. You know, you have to kind of stay on your your toes and continue to change your tactics as the season evolves and the birds react differently. You know, the the same decoy setup that you use early in the season is not going to be necessarily the same decoy setup that's going to work late in the season. You know, it's uh, important to really um, observe the birds and, you know, change your tactics and you know the the birds become more wary the the more pressure that they get and the longer the season goes on so uh you know it just makes sense to me you know that you've always got to you know be changing your tactics and continue to evolve with the, the the changes of the season well that's kind of works the way we are as human beings you know uh going out there and hunting the turkeys hard and hunting the same place you know uh you're putting stress on those birds, whether you realize it or not. You get stressed out. You know, being a bird turkey, they get stressed out, and they start looking some for some way to get rid of that stress. And that's usually the move. That that's the way human oh, beings are. Yeah, we get stressed out. We do something to get rid of the stress. Uh, oh, absolutely. They're the same way, I think. Yeah, I mean, we perfect example in Texas uh, when we went down this past time. There was a a ranch that we were hunting that you know got a lot of pressure before we got there and you know the there's not a whole lot of places for them to roost down there but they had had enough of where they were roosting at you know and had moved to a, a different ranch so luckily we were able to to get permission to hunt that ranch and you know we're able to harvest our birds but it didn't take very much pressure whatsoever you know for the the routine of those birds to change and for them to go you know like you said where they're not receiving as much stress so yeah how big a deer did you get last year i killed a, a real nice deer uh you know we try to harvest 
mature animals on our farm. I'm fortunate enough that we've uh, got a, a family farm that's been in our family for five generations, and we intensely manage it for whitetails and try to mature, take mature deer. So uh, we usually try to shoot four-and-a-half-year-old deer or better and yeah. you know, hopefully within the 150 class and above. And uh, last year I was able to harvest a nice nice representative of a mature Kentucky deer, uh, a, a nice eight-point that was in the, the mid-150s. So, uh, you know, always happy when we can – harvest deer of that caliber so it was a it was a good year well it sounds like it was i also heard there's pretty good size elk herd in kentucky which surprised me yeah it is uh i've never been fortunate enough to be drawn for it uh you know it's uh it's open to both residents and non-residents uh but if you're lucky enough to get drawn you know you uh you've really done something but uh, they've got a, a great herd of elk in eastern kentucky they've got great habitat uh, the herd is really uh, sustaining large numbers. We've got uh, tons of, of good groceries for them to eat. You know, we've got the mass crop. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, great native browse. And then uh, the Department of Fish and Wildlife, uh, you know, they've um, really continued to manage a lot of the reclaimed strip mines and coal mines that uh, have been placed under their care where they've planted uh, a lot of clover and alfalfa and uh, wild grass mixes which you know the elk loves so yeah uh, don't don't be surprised if at some point someday the the new world record comes out of kentucky because it's uh <laughs> there's there's a lot of good going on there chris how did you get into all this high dollar professional hunting i guess we could call it <laughs> i don't know about the high dollar <laughs> i'm just a, i'm a working man like everybody else jim i've just been fortunate enough to meet some great people along the way that uh have shown me a thing or two and you know i'm a firm believer and treat people how you want to be treated and good things will come to you so uh you know i don't i don't do a whole lot of high dollar hunting per se but uh just really just networking i guess uh you know meeting some great people that you know uh, they'll come hunt with me i come hunt with them that kind of deal and uh just been fortunate you know thus far that i've uh been blessed to have some good people around me that you know i've learned a lot from uh in the process and uh just been lucky so far so i I can't say that there's one thing in in particular other than just treating people how i want to be treated and you know enjoying god's great outdoors it pretty much is as simple as i make it so overpopulate like crazy because first right. thing you got, you could have starvation sit in, and after starvation sets in, you got disease. And some people don't absolutely. understand that. But uh, yeah, boy, I've, I've become a real believer in it. Oh, absolutely. And that's you know, someone who doesn't, uh, who's not an outdoorsman or a hunter, you know, that's a hard thing for them to wrap their minds around. And I've had tons of conversations, uh, you know, regarding that. I mean, there were. There wouldn't be a sustainable herd of wildlife if there wasn't people out there keeping the ratios in check. You know, like you said, not only the the food, but the the disease. I mean, uh, the disease can do absolutely worse than, you know, the lack of habitat. I mean, the the disease part of it not only affects that certain species, but can impact other species as well. So, you know, it's a trickle effect. And, you know, if if you don't have guys out there, I mean, Hunters to me are the the 
the pinnacle of conservation. I mean, they're the ones that, you know, for the most part we are, we're the conservationists, and we're out there. Uh, it's our dollars and our resources and our time, um, you know, promoting wildlife and, you know, part of making sure that there's a healthy, sustainable herd for people to go out here and look at is that we have to harvest some of those animals, you know, and that's just the reality of it all. So, uh I've had a lot of conversations, you know, trying to help educate people uh, that that has to happen. And if it doesn't, then, you know, whether you're a bird watcher or a hunter or just someone who wants to observe any type of wildlife, it's not going to be there for future generations if we don't steward it here ourselves right now. So, firm believer in it. I think you're exactly right, and that's one really important aspect of my hunting that I think I like to say I've evolved into um, it's made me a more responsible hunter because when you go out in the woods and you got that attitude you look at it totally different you know mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm out here to enjoy myself I'm out here to you know harvest food for my family but I've also got to make sure that this food's going to be here next year oh absolutely absolutely yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Chris. I appreciate you calling in again with us this year. Man, I always hey, enjoy no talking to you. <laughs> you too. I appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Hey, uh, I'm going to call you all down the road after the season and see how it went. How's that? Okay. Sounds like a plan. I appreciate it. All right. And we'll be back with more Spirit of the Outdoors. Kencore Outdoors LLC brings you Nutraplot, the best bang for your buck. Nutraplot is a wildlife attractant with food plot fertilizer to help you get the best out of your food plots and the most out of your hunting season. Nutraplot is a follower feed fertilizer and attractant that helps enhance your food plots. You can also use it as a seed treatment prior to planting. Kencore Outdoors products are made in the USA. For more information, call area code 573-382-0040 or go to nutra-plot.com. Burton Pools and Spas is more than just a pool builder or retail store. They're dedicated to helping families and communities come together to enjoy fun and outdoor activities. Burton Pools and Spas takes pride in providing customers with superior service. They have some of the best outdoor grills and patio furniture in the business, and they can turn any outdoor area into a comfortable and elegant living space. In Fort Smith, call 479-648-3483, or in Springdale, 479-756-5511, and on the web at burtonpools.com. Burton pools and spas the ones for your family fun comfort in suites is the hotel of choice for spirit of the outdoors radio show they offer comfort and satisfaction like no other choice hotel modern furnished rooms free wireless internet full hot deluxe breakfast flat screen tv a daily newspaper pool fitness center and many more amenities for their guests find them online at comfortin.com or call 800 for choice while in the fort smith arkansas area call the comfort in at 479-434-5400 Comfort Inn and Suites, a great place to stay. Founded on the true passion for waterfowling and crafted on the unrivaled hunting experience, Whispering Oaks Hunting Lodge, located just south of Jonesboro, Arkansas, offers over 10,000 acres of prime, world-renowned waterfowl habitat and 
is the premier destination for duck and goose hunting along the Mississippi Flyway. For more information on the hunting opportunities here and to reserve your spot this coming winter, contact Whispering Oaks Hunting Lodge today, 901-373-HUNT. 